0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, once again, is Colin Stevens. Hey, gamers. In the flesh. Sam Claiborne is here. Hey, Collins, gamers. And <laughs> Justin Davis, apparently reporting from a 10 out of 10 snowstorm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, uh, all the power lines around me are buried, though, so I should be able to be here for the full hour. But okay. yeah, full-on blizzard conditions. Hopefully, yeah. Highest score. <laughs> yeah, oh.
1: masterpiece.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have to be visited by the spirit of Justin Davis once again this week. We do have a great show for you this week. Uh, We're gonna talk about Octopath Traveler 2, which by the time you uh, watch or listen to this, iGin's review will be out. And uh, both Colin and I have been playing that. And we'll be sharing our favorite video game cameos, which is a very fun segment that I'm very excited about. But first, Mm -hmm. Justin has something he'd like to share with the class.
2: Yeah, uh, we've just been getting dozens and dozens of people beating down the doors, asking for updates. What's the latest? We need an update um, on um, on Avatar Watch. And I'm happy to report that Avatar The Way of Water has grossed $2.2 billion at the global box office. And as of the time that you're reading this right now, it should just be surpassing Titanic to become the third highest grossing movie of all time.
0: Okay, I regret giving what? you the butt first.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is avatar it, watch Titanic everybody is in theaters right now though so <laughs> do you think it's going to come yeah. back up over avatar 2
2: it's at 650 million dollars at the domestic box box office damon mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
2: james jim cameron okay bet against him at your peril
3: i wish we'd gone with the original plan to <laughs> toss you in the middle of 20 questions for the <laughs> <laughs> wait so doesn't that that means that three of the top four grossing movies of all time are james cameron is that What's the,
0: what's the third one? Then also.
3: Well, there's Avatar, Titanic, and Avatar. Oh, and two avatars. Yep. Wild. I
4: I don't really remember Titanic too well, and I saw a trailer for that you know, back in <laughs> theaters. Yeah. Well, I'm not interested <laughs> in seeing it either. But uh, I thought it was funny that the soundtrack music has the same like uh, flute that's in like um, basically the Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack. Well, mm-hmm. and uh, it sounds really similar, and it's you know they're kind of filmed around that same time and. I don't know if it's the Enya influence or what, but it's great. I woke up. Damon just wants to stop talking about this <laughs> so, so much. No,
0: I woke up this no, morning. I got Lord of the Rings in there. I woke up this morning with a, with a fantastic idea for a game Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. tactics. And you use the fellowship. You have the fellowship, and each one has like their own sort of specialties.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, it's just you know, it.
4: battle. The problem with that is that the hobbits are all useless.
2: No, no, yeah. no. But what happens is Sam can carry Frodo and then they like Voltron
4: up into like a more powerful Sam and Frodo form. Frodo aren't useless. Mary and Pippin are until they are. You <laughs> they know, can throw
3: rocks yeah.
4: or a, t- <laughs> a
3: pan. They can hit they over to, the pan. They have to be on top of Treebeard <laughs> to be useful. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I like like, it. It's like Final Fantasy One. By the end of the game, though, they they have this crazy level up into a different class, and one of them becomes, you know, a, a squire of, of Rohan. Yeah. And the other becomes a, a,
3: mm-hmm.
4: a guardian yeah. of Gondor. And then, then they're useful. Well, the so you biggest, just yeah. have to carry them until they're like the black belt in Final Fantasy One. Yeah, the, the
3: biggest. Goal That's like is, a, well, uh, um, Gandalf yeah. going from gray to white. Yeah. yeah, yeah, easy. Spoilers. Easy.
2: easy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> it? It's a I
3: mean. Boromir
4: who goes from uh, <laughs> warrior to dead.
2: <laughs> Zombie Boromir comes back in the yeah, last act.
3: Had, he, all, of his, all of his stats just get transposed to uh, Faramir. So you're good. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: they, um, Lord of the Rings is owned by Embracer Group now, so something like that could actually be yep.
0: possible. Let's do it. Embracer Group, let's I know the um, CEO, the head of Embracer Group, big fan of the show, so let's make it happen. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> tactics, I'm available <laughs> as a Embracer. consultant. Yeah. Okay, Octopath Traveler 2, uh, a game that's coming out soon, next week, but our review is out now by Seth Macy. Check it out. Colin, I don't know about you, but I like it. I do too. I've been enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I've been enjoying my time with it. My first impression was that, well, this feels very familiar. <laughs> yeah. It feels very much like the first one. I played a lot of the first one, but I never finished it, and I haven't touched it since then. So maybe I'm, maybe there's like uh, quality of life improvements in this one that I just don't pick up on. Mm. It feels very, very similar to the first one to me so far. I chose Throne, the thief Mm. Mm -hmm. character to start out with. Who did you choose?
3: Uh, Oh my gosh. Hiraku? Uh, Something along those lines? God, I'm gonna be so mad at myself. It's the sort of uh, like samurai prince. Mm. Okay. Uh, And the entire time I was playing his opening one, because if you, if you don't know there's they characters and you can choose mm-hmm. which one to start as um it definitely felt like it was supposed to be the beginning of the game to me and so i'm curious like how some of the others like sort of feel when you jump into them first mm. but you do get a sort of you get the choice every time you encounter a new character if you want to just sort of start their story from the beginning or not mm-hmm. so it's nice you can skip that if you want to or you can sort of get the whole story every time and so i've done it for two characters now and uh his was much cooler than the second one I got. The second one was like the the merchant okay. guy, and he was. It's an interesting story, but um, so it definitely wasn't like as epic. Sure. Yeah.
0: I started with the thief, and then I met um, Oswald, who's a, a a scholar, basically a magic user, basically. Mm. And his his story is actually really cool too. Mm. So game's very pretty. It's the same two D H D art style, and I I think there's a a. a Soft backlash out there happening against 2D, HD. But I think it looks what? great. I'm playing. Is I, there? I, I think so. Huh. I, someone wrote into GameSoup actually saying that they just don't get it, they don't like it at all. Interesting. Um, and actually, I've seen some posts from some pixel artists who don't like this style for whatever reason. But I'm playing on PS5, it looks great. I wouldn't call it blurry at all, like mm-hmm. some people have said. I,
4: I think, it has I think ray it looks, tracing on PS5,
3: that's yeah, it has not ray a joke.
0: And I think the water looks really good. I'm surprised, like, <laughs> I, I want to dive into this pixel art water, it looks so good. You know,
3: the mm-hmm. the HD2D that they've got going on, Octopath was the first one that they used it with, and now, since then, they've done it on, what, Triangle, triangle Strategy. Strategy, on mm-hmm. Live Alive, Live and, uh, And now they're back to this one, and obviously like the first time I saw it in the first Octopath, I was like, this is gorgeous. I want every 2D RPG Mm -hmm. to be used in this from now on, and they've kind of started going in that direction. I think this, like, somehow it has gotten more and more beautiful every time. And I think mm-hmm. that, like, side by side if you compare this to the first game, like, initially, like, they look very similar. But, like, just tiny little touches, I feel like the little blur that they've got going on in like, the mm-hmm. foreground and the background, it's just been, like, fine-tuned. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a little bit over the top in the first game and, like, everything's just gorgeous and the effects that they've got going on. And I'm just playing on Switch, so it's not, yeah. like, heavy-duty, like, horsepower going on or anything, but it just looks yeah. so good.
0: looks really cool. I like the no battle. Right tracing. And no, ray tracing. No, no ray
3: tracing. Um, um, i'm gonna thing.
4: coin a t- i played live alive last year i really really liked live alive and it's kind of the root of these series you, you know, choose a character they all come together and then i'm gonna coin a term. i'm gonna call these live Alikes.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: okay i like it
4: all i was it. thinking about calling them chrono trigger likes or cr- taking it back to chrono trigger but you don't choose your characters in chrono trigger you just play mm-hmm. as different ones and learn their little stories
1: mm-hmm.
4: which is more like final mm-hmm. fantasy they, I mean,
2: I haven't played Octopath 2 yet, but I think that you're exactly spot on, Colin, in that they're not standing still with this graphical art style. You can even see in the trailers and the gameplay footage, like they're innovating in terms of uh, camera movements and camera yeah, angles and effects. And, you know, it, it, I just I'm excited and energized to see that this visual style isn't just kind of wanted like well okay here's the style this is what it looks like now but like continuing to kind of find ways to push the envelope and uh and uh change up their presentation a little bit even within this same sort of hd2d style
4: yeah. i want to see action games in this style and i think right? 3d dot game heroes was a little bit like this huh. um and that worked really well so like yeah zelda likes like this like tunic plus this style yeah. would be really really like we just saw at the battle, the effects
0: in battle and like when you defeat enemies, mm. it just looks really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, I like the battle system. It's very similar to the first one. I call it a bide your time battle system because mm. you every, every enemy has several weaknesses. You need to find their weaknesses, exploit them. If you attack them with their with what they're weak against enough times, you'll break them, which basically stuns them and they'll take more damage from whatever they're weak against and I forget the term that they use for it, but each turn you like earn extra attacks that you can build up and spend, and I think mm-hmm. you can just build up to spend up to three yeah. at once. So it's about biding your time, yeah. breaking them, and then spending all three while they're broken to get max damage. That's I like cool. this it. one, yeah. And, and yeah. then there's also, a, they, you can now switch from day to night yeah. at will, which is a very video mm-hmm. game thing to <laughs> allow you to do. And then the characters mm-hmm. have different abilities during day and night. Like the thief can steal from people during the day, which I think is very fun, mm-hmm. to just walk up to people <laughs> and steal their stuff. And at night she can knock them out, sneak past them. That's mm-hmm. I feel like that's backwards. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that too.
3: Um it's 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 weird to me because I feel like it was like a year, maybe even 2 years ago that Square announced that they were going to use HD 2D for Dragon Quest 3 mm-hmm. to remake it. Yeah. And like I feel like they've been able to sort of crank out these games pretty quickly. and Usually, you know, Seriously. remakes and remasters go faster because, you know, there's a base there. Yeah. So I'm just like curious, where the heck is that game? Yeah, you I've know? been
0: wondering that, about yes. that one too. And the other thing I wanted to point out is, in, I was, we just saw in some of the footage here, some of the boss battles against human enemies the enemies will appear gigantic on the screen even though they're not gigantic it's just like a really cool like visual way to represent like this is a very powerful human enemy that you're
2: fighting against yeah live Um, alive does that too and that's been a thing like it used to be a running joke and like every mmo or like if you'd fight a raid boss it was some huge like huge (laughs) massive boss and like i used to like kind of poke fun at that too until you know i was listening to an interview or something where they're like that's not Like that's there for gameplay reasons, right? Mm -hmm. If like a whole party of people are beating up on like one character, (laughs) you can't have them be human sized or it wouldn't make any sense. And so I, you know, I, I do understand it, but it definitely makes for something striking looking cool.
3: One of my pet peeves when I was younger playing JRPGs, because a lot of times you like fight someone and then they end up like coming onto your party, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I always hated that, like you know, they had to be a boss, so they had to have like much more HP than your character did. Yeah, and then suddenly oh, yeah. they're like way now weaker they're just... when they're part of your team. <laughs> they get
2: nerfed to the ground. Yeah,
4: it has so to sometimes that's they that's that. appear as their their like bigger form too, like yeah. some tough, like big mm-hmm. buff boss, and then they become their little chibi figure when they mm. come on your team without HP. I think yep. that's that's the power of the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm
0: enjoying Octopath Traveler 2. I will I'll, I'll keep. I don't know if I'll finish it, but I'll keep playing for a while. Sam, do you have any updates on Metroid Prime Remastered?
4: Yeah, by this the time this episode's up, I will have given it a 10 out of 10. Oh, my yeah. God. Fixing 10 out of 10. fixing the right that was once wrong with the 9.8 <laughs> score. I don't actually think that. I think that's a really fun score, and I love that. But yeah, it's better than the original. It's the... Best game you can buy this year so far. Mm. No question. I, I, it's just unbelievable. I thought the, I think it's the best single-player campaign ever made. And uh, oh. you can... Uh, first-person shooter campaign, I mean. Uh, and you can say that now because there's no more arguing about how this is a first... This is more of a first-person adventure because the shooting is, like, different. It doesn't... Like, no, no, no. It just plays exactly like Call of Duty or Halo or whatever now. Except you can lock on still. But, Yeah all the all the control stuff has been remedied it's just fantastic and you know what's really fun about this game no one says a word no talking and it's not because they can't talk samus like you know gets hit you can hear her say stuff like owie basically Ow. really, Ow. it's, Ugh. but um you know it's because there's no one to talk to there's no one to patch in and be like you should really aim up and to the left in Spade, hey, have no you tried tried going. this yeah. with your morph ball?
2: Yeah, Samus, you got to check behind the waterfall. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, and then there's not a conversation at the end of the game. It's just, you find, I love that you're just alone. It, there's a bunch of monsters, and you have got to figure out what's going on, on this planet. And there's really fun world building and stuff that happens though. Like you start reading like the spa- space pirate emails at some point, and they're like, "Yo, Samus got to the planet. We got to do something." And then they like all start just freaking out. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. There's stuff like that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff and like the world just makes sense as like a, you know, as a character of its own of this like lost civilization and then like the space pirates doing science on it. It's so good. But this game, guys, it looks so amazing. I can't believe how good it looks. Nothing does it justice as much as putting it on a 1080 or higher screen television and just being in awe. I mean, Breath of the Wild looks amazing. Metroid Fusion, uh, not Fusion, huh, Dread, Dread looks amazing too. This looks just like that. It's just like, whoa, I can't believe what Nintendo can do internally with their stuff. Yeah. Also, by the way, Fire Emblem Engage, that game looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Cutscenes, stuff like that. Like, it's just, it, it's, it, it's basically, yeah, this is, it's it's just, it, it's, there's so, I can't think of a flaw to point out, you know? Like, it, it's just, it's just what I want to play all the time. And i and I played through it again, Maybe the fourth or fifth time, hundred um, percented, did the whole thing. I couldn't put it down. I just wanted to do nothing but play that game.
0: A GameSoup fan said that um, uh, Metro Prime was the best looking game on the GameCube, and now it's the best looking game <laughs> on Nintendo Switch. Do you agree with that?
4: <clears throat> what would be the contenders? I'd have to like review what I'm on, thinking on Switch on, or GameCube. On Switch, yeah. On Switch, yeah. I mean, I
1: mean
3: GameCube has-, has
4: Wind Waker, right? Which is like amazing.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, if you best know, looking like, Switch really games, stylized stuff. I guess you can make arguments mm-hmm. like something like Octopath Traveler Two looks really good because it's highly stylized, but yeah. like, but in terms of like Metroid's a, a going big for like 3D. a pretty
4: realistic ish. I, I mean, Dread out. Dread looked amazing, right?
2: It, it did look it's really Totally good. true. Yeah, you got that uh, like the Xeno saga. That game was pretty yeah. visually impressive on the uh, Switch. I would need to think about it.
3: I still think that Mario Odyssey is one of the best looking games on the Switch. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really good. It just has like and it is sharp and it looks great. Does mm.
4: what it does. Sometimes I think of like how corny New Donk City looks. I'm like, well, oh. mm-hmm. but then you the know, Donkey Kong part of it looks really good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's a um, another contender would probably be Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, looks, looks a like a Pixar movie. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's true. I have such a yeah, hard time w- it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be hard to make your argument this is the best looking Switch game. Yeah. It's just not like it's everything. Like when you're going through these hallways and like at, at, there's all these little points of reflection and then a bug goes by and illuminates them all. It's just like they're using all the tech that everybody's using in there whatever they're 4k games it's just like this game has an amazing sense of style and art and mm. and it just works for it it's just it's incredible it's not cartoony either it's like sharp looking yeah it's
3: really i, mean. c- I can't believe it's running on a switch yeah like it, if you told me this was like for the successor to the switch i'd be like yeah
0: this would be like the yeah, that switch looks, for a launch game or
3: something yeah that looks yeah. that looks mm-hmm. right and I'm like I, it, I i don't know when metroid prime 4 is going to come out i i maybe next year i, I think nah. it's possible next year <laughs> probably Seth's the year predicting this year if you listen to NBC
4: this week he did a whole oh. segment like direct to camera on it and I will say one thing that I went into depth with on that episode that I won't go into in this <laughs> so tune into that episode but the credits for this game are first of all they don't credit the original yeah. developers which is Ooh. bad so I put them I, I had them transcribed and put in our wiki so I could link to oh. them which <laughs> I thought was nice. nice but um we uh, uh th- th- they are split up into a huge amount of developers a ton of third-party developers worked on this game, so it's like retro on the top, Nintendo on the bottom, and then in between, it's like this studio in this country, this studio in this country, like with like a couple names under each one. So that means one of two things I mentioned before: either it's being uh, that Nintendo's figured out a really cool way to like kind of do a bunch of companies that work on a game and get it out, right? To kind of like make things faster or more efficient, or that or another thing it might mean it could be and or is that Metroid. Prime 4 is, like, totally being worked on by, you know, Retro. And, like, they were able to accomplish this because they lightly directed it and it was outsourced a lot, which is, like, a cool Mm -hmm. thought, too.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, in any case, 10 out of 10, that's awesome. Is that the first 10 you've given, Sam?
4: Yeah. In fact, I gave the two Metroids ago, Samus Returns, an 8. And I gave Mm -hmm.
3: Dread a 9. So this is just So Prime 4 is going to get an 11? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's,
4: we've given it's out be off the chart the spinal, <laughs> the spinal tap Blu-ray. Yep. Okay,
0: uh, some news this week. Ubisoft confirmed it will be at E3, and this comes with a hilarious qualifier to me: if it happens, <laughs> so. Oh, shame. what a what a sick burn! <laughs> if it happens, Eve Guillemot, CEO of Ubisoft, said. If E3 happens, we will be there and we will have a lot of things to show. Mm. Bear in mind, E3 2023 is supposed to take place four months from now. Mm.
2: And the CEO of Ubisoft isn't sure it's going to happen. Hey, Damon, I'll show up to your birthday party if it happens. If it happens. That
3: almost sounds like threatening right there.
4: This is amazing to me. Yeah. I think it would could sound encouraging though. You could just be like, "Hey, if you have a birthday party, I'll be there." That's a nice thing to say yeah. to somebody.
2: He's the CEO of maybe the biggest video game company, and he's the not biggest one. Sure. It's
1: like <laughs> if
0: this yeah. event that's supposed to take place in four months is going to happen.
3: I don't. It's that, weird. That, and like Ubisoft is like pretty ride or die for E3. Yeah, you know.
4: <laughs> I don't know. I it's just good. hope it happens, but it happens at like medieval times across the street from the convention Ooh. center,
3: and then Ubisoft <laughs> has to be there. Is there really a medieval times? Because They the said. I don't like think the there's Minnesota? a medieval times. Nope. Oh, I was gonna say that would be like the weirdest <laughs> spot. There is. Are there, are
4: there, there is an no ESPN way. zone. Okay. Yeah, there's like a there's like a there, there totally was a medieval times if there isn't right that's now so there was one.
2: We'll okay. hold the we'll hold d 3 at the Conga Room.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a Trader Vic's spinoff. Not bad.
0: Uh, I think the one there's only one in Buena Park in L.A. There's not one in
2: downtown. Ohio. Maybe
4: there is like a medieval themed something else, like a pizza place or something. We used to make fun of it
3: at E3. We'll we Ma- have E3 at
2: uh, California Pizza Kitchen. That's going to be E3 2024. At the CPK. original
3: California Pizza Kitchen.
2: Anyway,
0: <laughs> E3. Like, so we were talking a couple episodes ago how you know, we, we've had a report on IGN how Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are all expected to not go to E3. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft saying it will be at E3. If E3 happens
2: is amazing to me. I don't. I don't know. Sam, I don't. I don't here? understand the implication. Like, is that is that him throwing shade, or is that the CEO just not like you know? Because this is on I an investor call, you. right? Well, but I think he has I, to say. I almost take it as him like Maybe immediately after bad. that investor call. He, yeah, he got somebody on the phone. like, yo, like, is there an E3 this year? <laughs> like, are we like?
4: No, I think he's on the phone with the organizers of E3 constantly and there and and the, the conversation now is who's going to be there will be there if somebody else is going to be there so they have to get somebody to say mm, hey yeah. we're in if there's an e3 so they can get anybody to be like well ubisoft will be there
2: that's how you got to get the party started it's how the, the the birthday party well who else is there
4: the cool yeah, there's, yeah,
2: there's yeah. a lot of people coming they're all on their way
4: yeah. e3 is a very negative takes on birthday parties in this group <laughs> E3 will be
0: over four months from today when this is being recorded. No publishers have been confirmed to attend. Ubisoft is the first one to say publicly that they will be there with this huge qualifier mm. if it happens. Anyway, we don't need to spend much more time on this. I just thought well, that was absolutely hilarious.
3: Well, I just uh, personally am very heartbroken that like E3 either, <laughs> I don't know, might not happen this year, like, uh, question mark, um, It'll it'll probably happen. Uh, but if it does, if it does, it's not going to be anything like, you know, the, the golden years, clearly without the big three and like, I've never been to E3. Mm. I've watched from home for well over a (laughs) decade. I love E3. I love the, the energy, the vibes, the announcements, everything. We do too. And I was actually, I was supposed to go to E3 in 20, was 2018 the last year Sony had a press conference? I I remember the last year they had a conference. Okay. So I was supposed to go to that one. I was with a smaller site. And then I got brought on to IGN as a as a freelancer, mm. which was great. And generally speaking, freelancers don't go to like big events and stuff. Um, but you know, I was like, okay, well, career. I should probably you know go with go with this. And so I decided to to move to move and on and and do IGN and all that stuff. And so I just way before the show happened, I let them know, said, hey, sorry, I won't be able to go to E3 with you guys. You know, so here's you know x amount of months to replace me for interviews and stuff. Apparently they weren't able to like replace me at PlayStation's press conference. So PlayStation's oh. final E3 press conference. Wow. And I'm mm. watching from home. They're in the front row and there is an empty seat because apparently they weren't <laughs> actually able to replace me. Well, how, so I could see my own empty seat at how, E3 how you know while was your sitting seat? at home. Was, there, was there like a co- colleague sitting next to it? Yeah, the, those, the two okay. or three other people who were okay. gonna be there were wow. sitting right That's there. That's so sad. <laughs> I know. And so I was just like, oh. Wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> That's if a, I you, if mean, you watch Colin, that video and like there's a swooping like intro because it was the weird E3 where they like started in a barn and then they went to like a yes. big, oh, uh,
4: I
2: mean, was
3: that was already
4: cool. not E3. That was just a Sony presence in Los
3: Angeles That's show. Yeah. So normally they wouldn't like and, focus on the crowd very much, but they did because they were like showing that they transitioned and everything. And right. I can just see it right there, like right in the front row. Yeah. So if you watch uh-huh. that video, there's, uh, there's where I was supposed to be.
2: <laughs> wow. They also i don't want to i don't want to rub salt in the wound colin but sony traditionally had pretty good food trucks outside of their mm. e3 press conference <laughs> pretty some pretty pretty decent finger foods out there it's <gasps> the
4: several years i went
3: you know i was probably at home eating like goldfish so yeah about the same about the same thing yeah
4: one yeah. of the um earth. you we should we should put you in there as a force ghost
1: <laughs> with, like a, with like a rat tail Hayden, and you're just like smiling
3: me in there yeah, yeah that would be <laughs>
0: fun. <laughs> One of the years, I don't remember which year it was, at the end of the show, like uh, they didn't like shuffle people out. They had like kiosks up for people to play games. And then a DJ started playing, and people started milling about. But the DJ was a mixed master mic. The BC Boys DJ. And I was like the only one there who like knew who that was. So I was like, oh my god. What? Like I just saw this awesome PlayStation
2: conference and now Mixmaster Mike is playing a show for me. Oh my god. You see weird stuff. I mean, this is not on the level of Mixmaster Mike. It's not nearly as cool, but like twenty five percent as cool is just like in the corner at Bethesda one year Blink one eighty two was playing. Mm, yeah.
3: Just in the corner. It's Blink just- one eighty two in the corner.
2: That's like please keep it down. I'm trying to play the Elder Scrolls uh, card game.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: was that Elder Scrolls Legends? Is that still being supported? Yeah. That's still no. out
3: there? I don't know, maybe. Nobody knows. I mean, they've <laughs> announced discontinuation of support for like 87,000 live service games over the last week, so Yeah. I doubt it.
0: <laughs> In any case, that will be the that will not be the last time I mention the BC boys this episode. <laughs> oh. Now I know what you're all foreshadowing. <laughs> What you're all thinking. Is he gonna do it? Is he going to say it? Is it time? Is it happening? <laughs> Dear viewers, Scoop Nation, my promise to you is that when the week comes that Nintendo does not <laughs> dump a pile of shovelware on the eShop, I will not do this segment. But that is not this week. <laughs> so in any case, it is time for the Nintendo Seal of Quantity which is your assurance that no one at Nintendo is paying any attention to what's being published on the eShop. They're all too busy nope. with their Metroid Prime remasters, getting Octopath Traveler 2 looking nice in the eShop, and no one else is paying attention to all this other stuff that's just being <clears throat> flooded onto there. We have, we, have, we have three good ones, three good selections this week, and this first one is very special. It might be the longest game title we've shared yet on Nintendo, oh boy. seal of quantity. Do you,
2: do you think there's a limit?
0: I
1: mean,
0: <laughs> the text limit. If, yeah, if there is, they have to be pushing it with this one. This one not only does it have a very long name, but when Tom brings up this art, I think the inspiration for this game will become clear. This game is called Deep Space Action Fire Sci-Fi Game, Twenty Twenty Three Shooter Strike Simulator Alien Death Ultimate Game.
1: Wow, that is the tiniest subtext I have
3: ever seen.
0: <laughs> now, listeners. This game, Deep Space, (laughs) do yourself a favor and and just look up the key art. It will remind you of another game Mm. that was just remade very recently Mm. that also has space in the Mm. title. It's very close. Deep Space, action, fire, sci-fi game, 2023, shooter strike, simulator, alien, death, ultimate games. (laughs) The description reads, Deep Space is a scary survival game. The action takes place on a spaceship and you are the main character. The game oh, starts when well. the protagonist wakes up in a sarcophagus, <laughs> huh. which is an interesting Whoa. choice of words, <laughs> and tries to understand what happened. Now, to be fair, if I woke up in a sarcophagus, I'd be looking for some <laughs> answers, too.
2: Damon, I, you know, is our, it's important that I understand that I'm the main character of this game. You are the main character in this
4: game.
1: Mm.
4: Good. Look at The heads-up display is giving you a tip. It says, Warning, destroy all escaped bio-creatures and go further. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which should be farther,
0: Mm. I think, in this case. (laughs) Mm.
4: Um, Warning. The description
0: continues, during his exploration he is in search of ammunition, health reserves, and nodes, which are used to upgrade his suit. The exact term that's that's used in another game. Uh During his exploration he meets a multitude of monsters in the rooms that he must defeat in order to open the next one. He also meets the main monster, which is the most difficult to defeat. Sure. (laughs) Oh, piano bed. So it sounds like you just go from room to room, defeat the monsters, Mm -hmm. and go to the next room. And the third part of the game is the escape from the damaged ship by means of a smaller ship. But not everything (laughs) is is as easy as it seems, as the protagonist is prevented by something from doing this. And you can find out. So, Damon, (laughs) is
2: the ship that you escape from the same size as the ship that you're on? No, you escape from by means of a smaller ship. Um. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Good. Thank you
0: and
3: you can find out the end of this tent story only by trying the game. So they're not going to give away everything. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny cuz looking at this like clearly it's ripping off one specific big game that mm-hmm. was just remade recently and mm-hmm. also has space in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monsters all look a little bit doom-ish. Like it feels yeah. like it has some doom vibes. And that. then the entire like the description of like escaping, it just sounds like it's ripping off Metroid right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, wow, it's really just going for all of the sort of vaguely yeah. horror sci-fi things
0: it's going for something that my friends is deep going space for something action fire sci-fi game 2023 shooter strike simulator alien death ultimate games mm. our next cool. selection this week is called falling elevator hyper casual demolish <laughs> escape survival game <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and I'm just noticing this now, in in our key art here, what is the the giant green X and then the I? what what are those? Elevator parts? Mm, I don't know, like the the one on the left might be a Joy-Con, but I don't know what the big X is supposed to be. A
4: D-pad? Also, in the mm. middle,
0: there's the elevator with the people inside, and then there's another elevator that's just flying mm-hmm. off the screen upside down, and the, how are the people still standing on the ground? I can explain down? that one. They're fine. Uh,
3: it's, it's the same asset.
1: it's the exact same asset just
0: (laughs) this is Falling Elevator hyper casual demolish escape survival game there are those same symbols again so experience the adrenaline rush of Falling Elevator in this heart pounding game can you survive the drop? welcome in Falling Elevator which is a casual unique game have you ever been stuck in an elevator? well if no, be ready for what's worse besides the fact you're stuck there with a few people the escalator is falling oh huh your mission is to save yourself and others, <laughs> and for this, you need to get down safely the elevator.
3: How does an escalator fall?
2: I, you know, unclear, huh? It just it just becomes stairs.
3: <laughs> that one is falling
0: elevator. Hyper casual, demolish, escape, survival game. Our last. I think it's game. like what's
2: that? Uh, I don't even want it. Never mind. I okay. don't even want to get into it.
0: Okay. Our last pick this week. Um, the, the, the title is, is a little bit less impressive, but the description, I think, is pretty A+. So this is Sniper Strike 3D Secret Elite Mission Warfare Ghost Squad. Mm-hmm. And sure. the description here, I, I really like this. It says, Sniper Strike 3D is an amazing story game where you have to fight against a lot of villains, save innocent people, and bring justice. Various types of weapons will help you hone your skills with pleasure completing many interesting missions. Be careful, because the opponents will also have their own snipers who will not give, give you a chance to win. Therefore, our game is one of the best.
3: Oh. <laughs> Kill the man with the phone.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I feel like the end, like, our games is one of the best. It feels like them giving Therefore, themselves like a score at the end of their own like, <laughs> conclusions. <synopsis. laughs> in conclusion, 10 out of 10, just as good as Metroid Prime Remastered.
0: Our game is one of the best sniper strike 3d secret elite mission warfare ghost squad
4: look
3: at the really... fake chase bank there
4: yeah Chase. Just... <laughs> i
1: want to
2: see can
4: we go back to the first
2: screenshot, screenshot <laughs> or the, the... yeah one more one more over right there should we should we kill the robbers that have a blue briefcase no the red briefcases. Yeah. no yes. only mm. no only the ones with the red briefcases please ignore the other robbers
1: yeah
2: mm-hmm. great cool <laughs>
0: Okay, that was Nintendo Seal of Quantity. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listen, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Big Tony Style. <laughs> Big Tony Style. It's been a minute since we've heard from Big Tony Style. Ooh. Congratulations on welcoming oh. little Tony Style into the world recently, Big Tony. Oh yeah. Papa Tony Style. He says with the recent shadow drops of Hi-Fi Rush and Metroid Prime Remake and the Game Boy and GBA releases, most people seem pretty excited about it, myself included. I find myself in a position where I went out, snap purchased, or downloaded all of them. But I've only started a playthrough of Minish Cap, thanks in part to time spent tending to Little Tony style. That said, these seem to be benefiting from dropping out of nowhere, and it makes me wonder if publishers are taking notice, and this may be a trend we start to see more of in the future. Do you prefer the out-of-nowhere shadow drop, or do you like early announcements that allow you to track a game's development cycle to build up hype? Mm. What would be your ideal timeline from announcement to release? Mm. Good I question. I mean, our
4: opinions are totally skewed on this. Like, do you know how bad <laughs> it sucked to have to review Metroid <laughs> in, like, the shortest time span possible? Because there's no, you know, length of time to uh, evaluate it. It just sounds yeah. like, get it up, get it up, get it up. That's no fun at all.
0: Neither like. is it
4: fun to cover it in any other way from a guide standpoint or any other thing we do. It's really fun as a, as a fan though. I
2: have a, I have a unique take on this, which is I, I really, I strongly dislike like, you know, Nintendo being like, are we going to make another Mario game? I don't know. Like (laughs) we're not, we're not, we don't have any announced projects that are Mario. It's like, come on. Like I like, and I've mentioned this on the show before, like uh, Bioware being like, yeah, we're making another Mass Effect yeah, and we're making another Dragon Age and, you know, you'll hear from us in five years, but yeah, we're working on it. Like, yep. I, I I actually really respect that of like, you know, like we're still like I feel like that's an opportunity for them to have their cake and eat it, too, where they still get to have the big bombastic, like hyped reveal of the game without sort of like you know literally in some cases lying to people of like no we're not working on it and then it's revealed next month and it's like well okay like i, I don't i don't appreciate that so I, I like the very very early announcement and then hold it as long as you want and then you know when you have something cool to show off show that off
3: mm. i i like kind of the cadence that Nintendo's gotten into this generation with the exception of uh, tears of the kingdom and metroid mm. prime 4 mm. it feels like generally speaking They'll release a game within a year of announcing that game. I feel like there's been very yeah. few exceptions to that in this generation, uh, and I like that. I feel like they they give themselves enough time to sort of show off games and and for people to get like adequately hyped. In most cases, in in some cases, uh, it has felt like maybe there's almost too many games coming out from them, and they haven't quite given them the focus that they need. Hmm. But I think like the single like announcement to release like perfect window. I think I've seen maybe ever for myself was the uh we're talking about Metroid a lot this episode okay. the Metroid Dread announcement to release it was it was a very short time period it was announced in June released in i think October October I want to say and so that's like what uh like four months nobody knows yeah, yeah uh that's that's great and they they really like promoted the heck out of that game and i didn't get like too tired of it it was enough time for me to get super excited and for people to like learn about the game and it was the best-selling metroid games but i mean it had the switch bumps so that wasn't necessarily the yeah. reason but for me that was like a, a perfect amount of time because then that like on the other side of the spectrum there's something like final fantasy 16 which You always assume is gonna come at some point eventually, but you know I've been waiting for that game since Final Fantasy 15 They've been talking about that game since Final Fantasy 15 and it feels like I've had that game on my mind for so long And like now that it's coming out in uh, four months. Yeah, like it's just like is it is it really? (laughs) You know, but I don't know. It's always just weird. We don't know a lot about it It, The worst case scenario is if something is announced then it (coughs) has to get canceled or if something really bad happens to its development, like Metro Prime 4, where they just yeah. restarted. So, so I think there are some downsides to the really long tail. Yeah. But One, like, um, an example for me would be Perfect Dart. Like they yeah. announced
0: that and then yeah. just, just nothing for years, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like but- there's been some e3 press conferences that have done um like everything you're going to see is going to be out in the next year mm-hmm. and like that's always kind of like hype it's like oh because it's not stuff that's like years and years off mm-hmm. some companies have done yeah. that before that's that's always good
3: and well and then there's like i guess xbox did that last year with their showcase and they're like everything will be out uh within a year sure. and if we're getting close to that year yeah. and starfield doesn't ever released it yet so uh-huh. i don't know yeah okay i
2: guess but like but you know but at least they're like making their like if something's delayed like you know whatever they you know it happens but like they're making an honest effort to try to like it's stuff on the near horizon
3: for yeah. sure for sure and i, I like those because it's and nintendo seems to have been doing that a lot recently too their last mm-hmm. direct they said everything almost everything yep would be first half of this year and that was mostly true i think like pikmin is maybe the only exception yeah, like august or something yeah
0: yeah, there was some discussion in the uh, Facebook group, the Gamescoop Facebook group, about wondering why we weren't, hadn't been talking about Hi-Fi Rush, and some people mm-hmm. thought it might be a Damian game. But yeah, and it looks cool. I wanted to get to that uh, game. It's just like, when it dropped, I was still finishing up Dead Space. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't just going to like drop Dead Space and start playing that. And then I got Metro Prime remastered. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to get Octopath Traveler 2, and I wanted to be able to talk about that on the show. So I think for me, a sh- for like a Shadow Drop mm-hmm. to work, it'd have to be, they'd have to Shadow Drop Perfect Dark. <laughs> then I would drop everything. Yeah. Or I would have to just arrive at a time when I'm in between games, which yeah. isn't very often for me. Yeah.
2: Is there any, did anybody do any research on like a hist, like, you know, the highest profile shadow dropped games? Um, because I did not. No, I didn't.
4: I'm oh, sure man. it's PT. Uh,
2: yeah, PT's something. I want to say, like, maybe I'm completely making this up. I, Apex Legends might have been That's like, and it's available good. now. That's actually a good guess.
3: Yeah. I Definitely the most high profile shadow dropped albums were two Beyonce albums but you know mm. besides that that doesn't happen very much in that industry it doesn't happen ever in the movie industry because there's too much like <laughs> distributor stuff I guess with Netflix yeah, Netflix
0: can do it well, they can do it <laughs> oh that one yeah it's a the good Cloverfield ta- one after so- Super Bowl if only oh, it was like that was, it was a good, good one <laughs> yeah
3: but Shadow are uh... fun I like them I, I I think Hi-Fi Rush is kind of like the best case scenario in the sense that like you know it looked cool And I definitely got interested, and it's on Game Pass, so you can just go play it if you have Game Pass. And it ended up being, like, a really frickin' good game, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And so (laughs) it's nice having that sort of mix of, like, oh, here's stuff coming out in the future, but here's also something right now. Yeah, yeah. And I I think the calculus
2: behind that, I I don't know what it was, but it was probably, like, they probably knew they had a very good game on their hands, but, you know, it's a new IP, it's, you know, and it's a little bit hard to, like if they follow the traditional press cycle of like you know we're going to let people do previews of it like very very few people are going to click on a preview for a game called hi-fi rush they don't know what it is and then mm-hmm. every game outlet and i'm not making fun of people for doing this because like you have to find an angle to like get it over with your audience right but every game angle would be like it's this meets this and like yeah it's just so like by shadow dropping it it gave that game its kind of moment where, like, it would have been lost in a sea of other, you know, good, but, like, kind of hard to explain or market games. And so I think that was probably pretty smart in hindsight.
4: But that doesn't explain Prime Remastered. It's so confusing yeah. why was Shadow Dropped. I don't think it hurt or helped it or anything. It's just, like, what, what... I mean, the only thing I can think of was, like, there were a lot of leaks about that game, just like mm. a ton of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, that, that <clears> could have <throat> influenced it a little bit, but, like... It's just surprising, and, and a lot of times Nintendo shadow drops a game around the holidays. They did an mm-hmm. NES remix that way, and uh, a Doctor Luigi was another one they did. Like mm-hmm. it was like on Christmas Day, which I thought was cool, mm-hmm. and like I, I like those ideas. When the,
3: the, the maybe Metroid
4: was slated, slated for that, and it was just you know, mm-hmm. late or something. But yeah.
3: one of the we'll, we'll never know. One of the big downsides of a shadow drop is sort of the distribution chain. Uh, part of it because uh, i i ordered a physical version and i'm happy to wait I'm, yeah I'm, I'm actively playing like four other games right now um so i can wait but um if i had nothing else to play that would have been torture waiting for that physical game to show up because uh, yeah. the digital's right there i could just do it yeah. but you know so so for someone like me who prefers getting physical whenever i can uh i it that's that's a little bit of a tough part of the equation Mm -hmm. but um that's pretty new too to drop a game digitally but not have the hard copy
4: out until later yeah presumably to keep it a secret because mom and pop shops leak the crap out of stuff yeah
2: yeah i think what's most common like you know going back to apex is like free to play stuff or like i i'm i think hi-fi rust can be purchased obviously but like most people are probably playing it through game pass so you know it's free to play adjacent um but uh, the other one that comes to mind for me is um, Fallout Shelter with Shadow Dropped oh, at a uh, Bethesda great. press conference one year. Yeah.
3: It was a really good one. I was playing that. I, I have a very distinct memory of, you know, uh, w- sitting down watching all the press conferences happening that day, watching all of the sort of like preview coverage like that came out later throughout the day. And then like that night, just sort of like sinking hours into Fallout Shelter. That was a really fun game. Like it didn't have, eventually got to a point where it just did, was, it was, too much it was not management. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that was a great one, and that's a great one to sort of just, like, have on kind of mindlessly while you're watching the rest of E3 going on. It, that, that was a lot of fun. That was a good Shadow Drop.
0: Okay, moving on. This is Sean Canney of Pleasant Grove, Utah. He says, I appreciate all the mind-numbing gaming goodness you've spewed over the years. Game spew? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> As you are the only video game podcast I have listened to every episode from the days of Rob the Robot to Milk Bags. I'm the A to Z of Scoop Nation gaming lore. When I was 14, I became one of the few and proud owners of a Virtual Boy on Christmas morning, 1995. I was stunned by the 3D visuals and even took the manuals to school because I couldn't be parted from my new system during the day. About a year later, I ended up trading my Virtual Boy and seven Virtual Boy games for a Super Nintendo and a copy of Super Mario World 2 which I then proceeded to 100%. A fair trade, not for the sucker that got my Virtual Boy in return. Although I won oh. that round in the game of life, I still regret trading my Virtual Boy. Wish I had kept this enigma in gaming history. With a desire to relive these classic games in 3D, I fired up a Virtual Boy emulator on my MetaQuest 2. Yes, Sam, you can emulate yes, A million emulate people the wrote Boy. me
4: after saying you can't emulate the Virtual Boy about this.
0: And I began playing Galactic Pinball. To my surprise, while playing, I stumbled on an Easter egg where Samus shows up mid-game in her gunship. In this mini-game, mm-hmm. you take control of Samus' ship and shoot enemies Galaga-style while the Metroid theme song serenades you in the background. So my question is, did you, know, did you know about that game, mini-game, Sam?
4: Well, you played that game at my house once when I had the Virtual Boy set up. I, know, I didn't you know about, did about show that mini-game. That mini-game. <clears throat> I didn't know about it. Yeah, that, that's really funny.
0: So he says, my question is, what are your favorite video game cameos. Other characters making appearances in a game where they are not supposed to be.
3: Uh, Naughty Dog They're has all- a tendency of putting like a, a treasure or a collectible or a, a whatever from previous games of theirs into the most recent games. So like I think Last of Us Part Two, you could find like Nathan Drake's ring as like hmm. uh, something on like the ground. Um, in one of the Uncharted's or, or I think maybe even multiple of the Uncharted's you could get like the precursor artifact it was like the orb from uh, uh, Jack and Daxter. From Jack and Daxter. And so those yeah, are always they, And they
4: play they play Crash in 4. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Crash exactly. Bandicoot. Yeah, so it's like it, I guess those aren't technically cameos because they're not characters, but it's it's a cool throwback or reference. I
4: mean they are. God of War Ragnarok had, mm-hmm. has a nod to almost every single PlayStation franchise similarly. Mm-hmm. and then a lot of PlayStation games have like a little like, I think Ghost of Tsushima had something like this. They'll have, like, a, a little, like, picture of another Sony character somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: that, that's always really funny. It's not, I mean, everybody here brought up Mario RPG. We can talk about that in a second. But, like, the goofier Nintendo games that do that are really funny. And I think Link to the Past mm. is a really good one. And we've talked about that in the show. There's the Kirby enemy. And it's just, I think it's called Bad Kirby or something. We looked it up on the show once here. It has, like, a really obvious name. But I thought that was great.
2: There's I, it, it's a little bit like the easy mode of this question is like sports games or fighting games, yeah, um, yeah. you know, cause then you end up with like Terminator and you know, obviously Link and soul caliber and all the fighting game yeah. cameos. But my favorite is um, Kratos is playable in an everybody's golf game. No <laughs> I way. think Whoa. it's the PS3 everybody's golf <laughs> world tour on the PS3, I believe. Oh and he's That's just, he's just fully, he's just golfing. And like, he uses his blades of chaos. It's got like a little <sighs> golf club on the end of it. And he's like swinging it. It's great. Love it. Ju- it's just best, and like I really like when they mm. like they they go at like the, when it doesn't feel like an afterthought. Like it's all animated well, and like looks good, and it's like integrated into the game, and it's just so weird and random and delightful.
4: Mm. I saying- think I know what the first game is with a cameo <clears throat> in it. Mm. Which one? In 1981 or two, it's hard to pin down when this game came out. There's a game from Namco called Kickman, and The side art is like this horrible clown. It's really 70s and cool looking though, like it's a cool looking game. But it's basically a stack up puzzle game with like juggling balls and triangles and stuff. But Pac-Man is just one of them. It just stacks up there. Mm, Although I guess, no, no, there's an earlier one. I was gonna say. In Pac-Man, the the Galaxian ship is in in Pac-Man.
0: That's what I was gonna say. The Galaxian. those are some early ones. Galaxian flagship is in Pac-Man. And also, it's Hot Shots Golf Out of Bounds, where Kratos was a DLC guest golfer. <laughs> and yeah, he swings his Blades of
1: Chaos to hit the That's ball. That's hilarious. Uh, good.
3: Whenever, whenever there were like skins from other characters in games, I would always sort of do those. I remember, I don't know if it's the first or the second Tony Hawk that you could play as Spider-Man, mm. but I was always Spider-Man yeah. when I could.
2: That was a good one. Yeah, I, I have a Tony Hawk one, too. In either Underground or Underground 2, you can play as Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> No way. <laughs> just for no reason at all. Like it has nothing to do with anything. And like Tony but Hawk has a long DreamWorks history of, For the I don't like, it makes Shrek. no sense at all. Like why some sort of like co-marketing something. Um, and, and like every, like there, that was in the era of Tony Hawk always had like weird stuff like that in it. That was just a total non sequitur. It's in underground Two. He's in there
0: to yes. promote the Shrek 2 movie. So maybe they didn't have to pay for him. Right.
4: Uh, I feel like Rare had to do this sometimes. I just can't (coughs) put my finger on any of them.
0: Hmm.
4: Well, there's a bunch. There's, like, light ones
0: from between Banjo-Kazooie and Conquer.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, But I have some good examples. In Bad Dudes, there are several cameos. In the arcade game, you save Ronald Reagan. In the NES port, you save George H.W. Bush. And then, Sam, who's the first boss that you fight in Bad Dudes? It's
2: Karnov, right? It's Karnov. Uh, Yeah, yeah great, he, he,
4: he was the hero of his own game, and now he's the first boss and in bad dudes. Final fight has some confusing Street Fighter cameos, right? It's like it, you fight Vega in it, but then Vega was added to Street Fighter, for example. Mm. And then no, okay, yeah, that's right.
3: But Final—it's f- very well, confusing. Wait, was Vega not originally a Street Fighter character? I, well, only—well, fight definitely fight not original. Street Fighter 2. Oh, so. I didn't. I guess I didn't put too much. But there. but even
4: still, Street Fighter—you could you couldn't choose the bosses. Mm. At first,
3: Mm.
4: you can only choose the World Warriors, and then the Champion Edition added you could play as M. Bison, Vega, and Balrog. Yes,
0: Justin. Go ahead. In Capcom's Dungeons and Dragons Tower of Doom, who is the innkeeper? Sure. Oh, God, I don't know. Is it? Is it?
1: What? Why? (laughs) (laughs) The mayor
0: of Metro City is just the innkeeper in Tower of Doom. That's great. Yeah.
2: There is, um, there was, uh, there was Monster Hunter DLC that had Geralt. Like it's a whole. I think. I mean, I'm not a Mon Hun guy, but like I think it was like a whole campaign and everything. Like Geralt running around doing stuff. Pilotwings 64.
0: Oh. You know the reference. So you got Mario in the. Uh, oh wow! Uh, not Rushmore. Wow. But then if you shoot Mario's face, it turns into Wario.
1: Huh?
3: Oh, Which cool. president is he? Is he swapped out for there?
0: Uh, like, or uh, Washington.
3: Washington. <laughs> Bush. I mean, it makes sense. He's the, he's the cornerstone of, of Nintendo <clears throat> characters. He's the first, you know. Yeah, they're the
4: famous for a hat. Is what's going
2: on. <laughs> oh, that's good. What about going back to like um, going back to like NBA Jam? Where like I think NBA these are unauthorized. So I, so I don't know if these count. I want. There's like you know you got so. like Bill Clinton. Yeah, I don't know who else. NBA
0: Jam has a bunch of them, and I'm mad at everyone for. I never knew this before. The Beastie Boys are playable in NBA Jam. <laughs> All three of them. All three of them and I never knew this. All this time I could have been playing as the Beastie Boys <laughs> in a video game and I had no idea.
4: Huh? It's crazy. Is it some variant of it or is it just in the core no, game? It, it's in the core game. It's just in there <laughs> It's like, and it's real. It wasn't a mod or anything. It's, it's crazy. Awesome. I, I brought this to the office but I have like a new JAMA setup, which is like a tabletop CRT monitor with um, a control panel and then you just put in game, um, like giant PC boards, right? And I have NBA Jam. It's an expensive game. Like, that game's four or 500 bucks. And uh, I'll bring it to the office and see if I can sort out that uh,
0: Beastie Boys. Next time I'm there, I'm there. we got to play as the Beastie Boys.
3: It's funny that so many US presidents got brought up during this conversation. Yeah, well, they make a lot of cameos in games. I guess. Or at least they used to. (laughs) I guess you don't have to pay for their likeness, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, probably not. I don't know. That's some dicey territory.
0: Anyway, uh, in the arcade version of Punch-Out, who's in the audience?
2: Yoshi? Oh.
0: No, the arcade, so it would be, be, predated oh. Yoshi. Okay, okay, go.
2: Donkey Kong uh, is in the, doing...
0: Donkey Kong's in the audience. I was gonna
2: say, it's, it's Donkey Kong, right? In yeah. the
0: He's... arcade version of Punch-Out. That's right, yeah, that's cool. It's just a silhouette though, it's kind of hard to see, right? No, it's pretty obvious, yeah. No, but it, the crowd is packed. <laughs> what do you imagine yeah. would happen in a packed, boxing arena if people realize there was a gorilla in the audience yeah.
3: but he's wearing a tie he's civilized
2: <laughs> yeah
0: he's civilized exactly <laughs> well maybe civilized but to his credit he his expression he seems very concerned about what's happening in the ring almost like he doesn't yeah. know what boxing is and he's like mm. concerned that these two men are battering each other in
2: his mind
4: well, I think he, he to,
2: like, wants to be in
4: there he, yeah, yeah yeah maybe
3: that's what it is yeah
4: let me just point out that anybody can put a tie on a gorilla. It
3: doesn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, I don't think he really got the tie until he turned into a nice guy, right? Like that's a yeah, later addition. Like yeah, he's not wearing it. In... There's a
4: Donkey Kong game four feet away from me. One second. Okay. I, he's I feel like gonna, he's gonna go do some research.
0: We're doing some fact checking, you know, right now. I don't think he wears a tie. He has the, in the tie Donkey in Donkey Kong
3: Country, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, he naked. I don't know. He naked. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, just a couple more. Contra Hardcore has a, a hidden boss named Belmont. Mm. And it's a robot <laughs> with a giant head. It doesn't look anything like Simon Belmont, but he has a whip. And the music that plays is a sped up version of, I think, Vampire Killer. Which, mm. It's one of the What's tracks the weird
4: from uh, Castlevania. Yeah. What is, what is that supposed to be? I think that's actually Modoc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So
0: that's a good one. Very and strange. I never knew this. Sam, did you know there's a cameo in E.T. for 2600? Mm. You can turn... FBI so like agents. You know, that game is a mystery. There's, like, items in the game, and there's a flower. I don't know if you have to, like, carry mm. it places or just appears somewhere, but there's something you can do to turn the flower into the sprite of Indiana Jones from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Huh.
1: Oh. It's exactly the exact same. <laughs> Whoa. Interesting.
3: That's why... What's amazing is so that successful. entire...
2: Uh, That explains it. That entire game is probably something like, you know, 2K of like code. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like 400 lines of code. It's the entire video game. And so turning that flower into Indiana Jones is like 5% of the game's code.
4: Um, I like the idea of Howard Scott Warshaw, like meeting Steven Spielberg and be like, did you see what I put in here? Look (laughs) at this. Can you see what this is?
3: (laughs) No. Can't tell. You know, I... I told you guys about my Steven Spielberg watch-through, and, and it slowed down a little mm-hmm. bit, but the last oh. one I watched was E.T., and I never watched month. it as a kid, yeah. actually. Oh. Um, it's a weird movie. It, I could see... Were
2: all, the, uh, were all the agents at the end, were they holding walkie-talkies or guns?
3: Oh, um, I think they were holding walkie-talkies. Yeah. Was that the edit? Yeah, yeah that was one of them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strange little, uh, movie. It feels very Spielberg, very like childhood innocence type thing. Yeah. But like the whole like back and forth of like, they have like this psychic connection goes from like and being very Elliot cool. Elliot can get drunk. That was yeah. the funniest part was basically like the kid gets hammered. Yeah. Because E.T. is <laughs> drinking beers back home and then like of he course. unleashes all the frogs yeah. and then he like kisses the girl and there's like the, the film yeah. like, like uh, yeah. match yeah. shot happening. Yeah. And that was all really cool. But then they start, like, dying at the same, I guess spoilers for E.T., <laughs> but yeah, they fine. start dying at the same time, and then they just don't die together, and they don't really explain it. E.T. Yeah. basically just, like, severs the connection, and then he, he dies, and then he, he just comes back. They don't, I don't, do they actually explain that? It's
2: been a long yeah, time it's since. Fine. He... It's magic. Yeah. Alien magic, man. Alien magic. All
3: right, all right. I guess they need he needed to have magic. his parents. His yeah. parents
4: healed him um the coors tie-in was real they had like coors advertisements with et and stuff it was
3: that is such yeah. a weird no, at, thing to it do it was
2: it was the 80s so they were probably like we drank Coors the whole time we made the film too <laughs> we gotta get
4: these kids young. like every kid on set drank beer what are you talking <laughs>
2: about <laughs> yeah that's well, fine they were kid-sized beers uh, one child-sized beer please
0: just a couple more uh in fester's quest oh Bosses from Blaster Master appear as just regular enemies, huh. and it looks like the that's same weird. sprite, which was giant mm-hmm. in Blaster Master, and now it's just they're just little. They're they're smaller than Fester.
2: Do you think that's like an Easter egg, or were they like, oh shit, we forgot to put enemies in our game?
4: <laughs> like, <laughs> or they just didn't have it's time like to. Like sunsoft write. being, they're being they're both sun chased by games, a bear. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last if we got to get this Adams Family license game out. Why? <laughs> we just got to. <laughs> we got (laughs) it it's like three years before the movie even came back in theaters it just makes no sense the last
0: one is really good do you guys know about so the original final fantasy Hmm. on nes Mm -hmm. and you know about here lies erdrick
3: yeah yeah for from dragon quest Dragon Quest. yeah and
0: then they changed
2: it to link well that's what you're gonna say
0: in the famicom version and then when they just Mm -hmm. re-released the games but there's some stuff to unpack here so erdrick the hero from Dragon Quest, so it's a little, a cheeky little nod from Squaresoft saying, Oh, we're gonna bury the, <laughs> the hero of our competitor. So I'll count that as a cameo, because presumably because D- is there underneath the ground. Mm. But mm-hmm. the Link thing doesn't make any sense to me. Why is Squaresoft no. saying, like, they're not, they're completely different
3: games: is it Legend of Zelda and Final Fantasy.
0: Why is Squaresoft trying to take a dig at
1: Nintendo?
3: That one, I don't think... I I would have to assume that one's less of a dig and more of, like, just a... They're on the NES now. Let's say a a fantasy, you know, game for Nintendo. But the funny (laughs) thing is, before uh, the show, we were sort of just briefed on what, you know, some stuff was going to be. And we talked about... uh, Super Mario RPG, specifically, and we were misremembering, or or we were conflicted on if it was Samus or Link sleeping, Mm -hmm. and I think they're both sleeping in that game. They're both Um, (laughs) But then, after you you guys said that, I was like, oh, maybe Link was uh, in the grave, because I remember him being in a grave, and now that Mm -hmm. you said he was in the first Final Fantasy, I was like, that's "That's what I was thinking thinking. of.
1: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Those are some good video game cameos. That brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week is from the same Sean Kenny of Pleasant Grove, Utah. Let the questioning begin.
4: First, uh, what, are there any avatar t- tickets sold in the last 45 minutes of speaking?
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It'll be the third. It's going to surpass Titanic. You'd bet, like, did anybody think, James, like, the sequel was going to make over $2 billion at the box office? No, but you bet against James Cameron at your own peril, man. I'm telling you.
4: I've been did saying we, it for years. Are we on a winning streak, or do we have... No, and it got interrupted for one week, right? Last there week, one we
2: won,
1: last won,
4: Question 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That counts as a streak. Yeah, this is streak
3: number two. All right, uh, uh, I don't know, was this a console exclusive? No. Was this game released uh, in this century? Yes.
2: Okay. Was this game developed in the United States?
3: Yes.
4: Okay. Is this game the start of a series? Yes.
3: Hmm. Do you want to try is to this get-
2: game rated M for Mature? No. That's five.
3: I guess you've never really tried to. I've never been on a game where we tried to go that route. That's interesting. Um, Hmm. Hmm. Was this game released uh, in the year 2010 or later? Yes. Okay.
2: Is this game playable on the Nintendo Switch? No.
3: Was this game released during the PS4, Xbox One era? Yes. Okay. Interesting.
4: Was the developer, um, uh, uh, was it developed in Japan? No. No, we already know
2: it yeah. was in the U.S.
4: Yeah, we had the U.S. Okay. I'll, oh, I'll... the U.S. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. This is the question I really wanted to ask. Is this a game that was developed by Activision? EA? Or
2: I need another one. In the U.S.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why am I spacing? Uh, Activision I mean, can be in or, We already said Activision. Uh, Do they?
2: Does Ubisoft have a studio in like LA or somewhere? I'm like sure I mostly think so about them about right. as being in like, in like, like Montreal. And stuff though, right? yeah. yeah.
4: All right. Um, just was this developed by UB or EA or Activision? Yes.
1: Oh. Huh.
3: Okay. Great. Should we try to I nail don't, that was, one down even further? Or?
2: I don't know what that hesitation was. Maybe it's like a Blizzard game or like a, maybe it's like Candy Crush Saga, something like that King, something
3: Activision-y. Mm. Okay. How many? Uh, what are we on now? The nine? nine. Fine. It was is this first, an first of the
4: series from Activision or EA is unusual for the PlayStation 4 generation. I and, it's it. not ra- and it's not rated M. It could be oh. Unravel. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> That's a good one. Call it Asked. If this is an Activision game, should I answer that?
4: Sure.
3: Yeah. Nope. Okay. So EA for sure. That's 10. Okay.
2: Does so he EA be unra-
4: series that started
2: then. Well, do we know it's part of a series? Our question was, is it the, the first, first in a series? first of a
3: series. And he Did this yes. game
2: get sequels?
3: I think that's what think it that means. means. Otherwise,
4: he would say no. Well, uh, would he? Well,
3: yeah. I guess.
4: He's done that before. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you know so, what we're talking about, Damon? Hmm. So, like, if, if it's a <laughs> one so what we're
3: debating—does that count as being the first in a series? What's that? Now? If it's like a one-off game, if it's the only game not that's one been one made one. in a series, does that count as if you you said this is the first game in a series? <clears throat> would that have counted, or would to you would that mean that, that it's because if there's no series?
0: sequels, mm-hmm. is it the first in its series? I'd probably have to say no
2: to that. Okay,
3: okay. so so, okay. so that means that it was the first game, and there is a series. Okay.
2: So it's EA, it's within, what was it? Was it the last 10 years or was yeah. it 2010 from now?
4: 2010 to And now, we know so. it's on the PS4 generation.
2: Yeah. Right, so it could still be Unravel.
3: There was an Unravel 2. Oh yeah, there was. Well, it
4: yeah. Wasn't that yeah. a console exclusive?
2: Unravel 2 is shadow dropped.
4: Oh, nice. Full circle. was Unravel another... a console exclusive for Xbox? Was it? Uh,
2: maybe at launch, I don't think long term. I mean, maybe not at launch, I don't really recall.
4: I thought it was part of, like, the Xbox series. Um, uh, like a, a Xbox is, this, what, is this... is this Was this game released... Was this,
2: like, a $60 full-price game when it was released originally? Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So that eliminates any of the EA NDs or anything they were doing yeah. over the
3: last 10 years. That's a good one. Man, or, I mean, there's Anthem, but games. Anthem didn't have any more games after it. Um... Smart. It's not it's not rated M. Yeah.
4: EA. Um, um, oh, it could be wait, Jedi Survivor? Type stuff. Yeah, Jedi.
3: Yeah. This Survivor, is based on a license? Yes. So do we okay, think it's so a Fallen be Order? Fallen Order. Is it a Star Wars? Yes. Okay. There couldn't be anything else, right? Because Battlefront, even though they rebooted it, that wouldn't have it been. It wasn't the first, the first so. of the series, yeah. but it could be. So it's gotta be. It could be that. We have enough questions. Um do you play you as can, a character wait. named Cal Kestis in this game? Yes. <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, is this game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order?
0: It is. And 15. Nicely job. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. You know, I, I go ahead. The only hesitation was you asked if it's developed by EA. You know, developed by Respawn, but uh, yeah. sure, sure, fair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Fun game. I think game. that I think. Um, My favorite, not my favorite part about this game, but the thing that I really enjoy about this game is the little droid BD-1. I think he's great. Mm -hmm. And then I think that out of new Star Wars, like some people really like the TV shows and like the movies, some people don't. But like, I think it's undeniable that the droid game and all the rebooted Star Wars stuff has just been so on point. Oh, my gosh, yeah.
4: The Andor yeah. droid is so, good.
2: Yeah, so the sad. Andor droid's so good, and the one in Rogue One is so yeah. good, and BB-8's so good, and then even the one in Episode Nine, that weird little tread droid is so good. Mm-hmm.
3: They've all just been perfect. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I'm excited because I, I I really liked Fallen Order, mm-hmm. um, but it felt like maybe a slightly rushed, you know, just to 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 get to market. Um, and, and not just... Ten not years like, of the license. <laughs> yeah, right. And not just, uh, you know, from like a sort of a buggy standpoint, but, you know, maybe it felt like a little bit limited in scope in certain ways and and, and, and just, you know, little things like that. I, I, I really loved the game, but yeah. it felt like a really good base mm-hmm. for something. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Fallen Order. I feel like it could be sort of mm-hmm. like blowing it out of the water, you know? Yeah. I'm really excited yeah. for that one. I
2: think it's a great example of a game like Jedi Fallen Order is great. It got all kinds of praise and accolades, but it was like undeniably not quite like AAA, right? Like it didn't quite punch up to into this upper echelon that like, those are my favorite kinds of games to get sequels where like mm. it was really good, but there was still a clear a lot to like build on.
3: Yeah. Like like the the first Uncharted, like it, it, it hasn't gone down in history, but Uncharted 2 certainly did, you know? Yep. yep. Anyway,
0: nicely job. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Just as for a little insight into my weekly routine. The weekdays, the weeknights leading up to Thursday when we record Game Scoop, I feel like I should be playing games so I can talk about them on the show. Now, on Thursday nights, I like to watch a movie uh, because the show's already been recorded. And my wife is out of town, so... Tonight, after I put the kids to, after I put the kids to bed, I'm going to watch the Banshees
2: of Inishirin. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was going to suggest I was going to suggest hard boiled.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> but didn't we talk about how you can't watch hard boiled anywhere right now? It's like impossible.
4: I, I I found it on YouTube. <laughs> you'll, you'll want either a nice a nice European beer or a nice whiskey or both while watching that movie. Get you'll like need it by the end of it because yep. they they drink really beautifully bottled years of different shades and stuff it's so cool like the the pub is just so I just want to be there so bad when I watch it it's like (laughs) the Pelican
3: Inn new drinking game drink whenever they drink in Banshees of Inishirin and it's called getting blackout drunk I will be home you would die
0: there's no one else there to help with the kids if they wake up so I I need to stay (laughs) there's there's
4: another uh, count you could make during that movie but it'd be a spoiler so I'm not gonna do it oh (laughs) god
3: a very specific number too I can't wait Damon will relate to it it
4: too
0: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll share. I'll share my thoughts on that next week on our. I extra, love, it.
1: Love, extra it, love it. Love it.
0: Love Love Curricular activities. That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you to Colin. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you to everyone working behind the scenes here in our LA office to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IG and we and wrap.